Jesus' name I pray. Amen. You guys can grab your seats. We're going to jump right in today. If I haven't got a chance to meet you yet, my name is Devin, and I work here at the church. I'm so thankful for this opportunity um, to be speaking. I'm so thankful that Pastor Aaron gave me this opportunity to start a brand new series this week. This is a lot of fun. So you guys excited for this new series? Man, you guys, you guys can do better, right? So are you guys excited for this new series? That, that's it. That's it. So I'm used to speaking to students, so you guys need to be loud. Like, you need to be like, you know, say, hey, man, say, that's good. Like, write something down. I'm used to that. So you guys can do that. That would be amazing, okay? And so, hey, if you want to turn somewhere in your Bible, I'm going to be in 1 Samuel 17. So I'm going to be. So you can turn there. We'll get there in a moment. If, you are, if your Bible glows, I'm reading out the New Living Translation, which is the NLT version. So if you're in your app, you can find it there. If you don't have a Bible, don't worry. You don't have to freak, you don't have to freak out and be like, what am I going to do? I got you off my neighbor. I know it'll be behind me when we get there. So you're good. So, um, but I want to like let you know this too, that man, we're starting this brand new series called Faves. Everybody say Faves. Faves. And what this series is about is it is all about our favorite books and what God has spoken to us through, through these books and the inspiration that God has given us through these books. And I know that like when we talk about our favorite books, there's probably some of people in here who are like, yes, I'm a reader, I love to read. I'm gonna read all these books in like two days. I'm so pumped for this, I'm gonna write them all down. So excited. Then there's probably other people who are like, eh, reading's okay, like I'll do it. It's not my favorite thing in the world, like I'll, I'll try. Um, I would encourage you with this, that leaders are readers. And I would encourage you to make sure that, hey, Find one book in this series. Don't try to read all of them. Don't overwhelm yourself. Find one book, right? If I one book and try to read it over the next six months, before the, the year is over, read one book, right? That could change your life. Just try it. And then there's another type of person in this room probably who's like, listen, I don't like reading. I'm terrible at it. I'm not going to read. I don't like it. I got an idea for you. Get an audio book, right? So you can get the same thing. And while on your way to work every single day, you can listen to the book. And I promise you, it really will change your life. I would encourage you with the same thing. Listen to one book the rest of the year. One book. That's so easy, but it could change your life. And so what we're going to be talking about um, today is we're going to be talking about one of my favorite books. And it's this, that Goliath must fall. If you've never read this book, it's by a guy named Louis Giglio. Louis is a pastor of a church in Georgia, and it's an amazing book. And the reason I chose this book is because when I read it, God really challenged me. Like, he really spoke to me because he spoke to me saying, like, hey, you don't have to be a certain age for God to do something in your life. You don't have to be, like, in the right class in society for God to do something in your life. You don't have to, like, have it all together for God to do something in your life. That God can do something with those giants that you're facing right now because the only prerequisite to that is just saying, God, I believe in you. That's it. And so uh, that book really, really challenged me. And we're going to talk about that today. And I want to encourage you that maybe you hear the word Goliath and you're like, okay, I know the story. I'm good. I would encourage you, don't, don't think that way. Because sometimes I feel like we miss what God is trying to say to us, something significant that God's trying to do in us. Because he's, and we miss it because he's trying to do it through something that seems kind of insignificant. Like, I know that story. Like, I learned about it when I was a kid. I know the story. Like, I think God wants to show you something new today. I think God wants to show you something brand new today that could change your life. And if you're in here and you're like, okay, I have no idea what Goliath is. Like, I have no idea what we're talking about. You said something about giants. Like, I have no idea. Listen, just keep, just keep listening. Write some things down. I'm so glad that you're here, right? And if you're like, why do all these people seem like they have it all together and they know who Goliath is? Listen, we've been in church longer, so we know how to fake it. So you just keep doing you. We're so glad you're here. We're gonna teach you all about David and Goliath today. And so I wanna encourage you to take some notes today. But we're gonna start in the book of 1 Samuel 17. And we're gonna start in verse 41. And it says this, so Goliath, he walked out toward David. 
He walks out with his shield bearer ahead of him and he, he says this about David. He says this to David. He goes, hey, am I a dog that you come to me with a stick? Like, is that what you think about me? You come to me with a stick and he cursed David by the names of his gods. And he says, hey, come over here and I'll give your flesh to the birds and to the wild animals. And David replies back to the giant. He goes, hey, you come to me with a sword and a spear and a javelin, but I come to you in the name of the Lord of heaven's army, the God of the armies of Israel, whom you have defied. Today, the Lord will conquer you. I love that. Today, the Lord will conquer you and I will kill you and I will cut off your head. And then I will give the dead bodies of your men to the birds and the wild animals and the whole world will know that there is a God in Israel. And verse 47 says, everyone assembled here will know that the Lord of Israel rescues his people, but not with a sword, not with a spear, but because this is the Lord's battle and he will give you to us. If you're taking notes, and I encourage you to, write this at the top of your page. There's nothing like it. There's nothing like it. Can you turn to your neighbor and say this? Say, hey, neighbor. Oh, man, you guys, you guys got to wake up, right? Say, hey, neighbor. There you go. There is nothing like it. Now turn to your other neighbor, the one you've wanted to talk to all morning long, but you've been a little afraid, right? Turn to them and be like, hey, neighbor, get ready. Get ready. Yeah, there you go. There is nothing like it. Hey, can we pray really quick? Let's pray. God, I thank you so much for who you are. Lord, I thank you that you're going to speak to us today. Lord, I pray that everything that comes out of my lips comes from your heart. And Lord, I pray that I decrease and you increase in this place and we are changed because we see you face to face. And Lord, I thank you so much for taking AD to the Lakers. I pray that you get Kyrie and Clay over there too. In Jesus' name I pray, amen, amen, amen. Go Lakers. Hey, didn't these guys do an amazing job today? Can we get up for the band? They did awesome. So um, I hate going to the grocery store. Like, really, really hate going to the grocery store. And I would, I say this because not so much that's the store, but like I say this in all the love and kindness that I have for my wife. She is a terrible list maker. Like she says like, we're going to make a store list and we're going to go and get the things on the list. But what ends up happening is there's no list. And we get there and we walk down every single aisle. Like I see guys looking at their wife right now being like, mm -hmm, yeah, I know. Right. Like, you know, my pain. And so like we walk down every aisle though. Like we don't have a dog but we walk down the pet aisle and we're like, okay, well maybe we can get some dog food. Like we don't need dog food, but she just like pulls anything. And she's like, this could be good. This could be good. And it's just, it's crazy. It drives me insane. I hate it. I hate going to the store, but there are days when like, I don't like going to the store. And then there are days when I don't like going to the store. And like, there was a day when I was, it was one of those. And I was like, I don't want to go to the store. Like I'm not going to the store. And we had a, um, loud conversation about how, like, um, I'm going to the store because she wants me to go to the store. I end up going to the store. And so uh, we go to the store. Yeah, you guys are laughing. All the guys are out there, like, quiet because you know my pain. And so we're at the store, and we're walking, and, like, I'm mad. Like, I'm not pushing the cart, and I'm just, like, on my phone. I'm like, this is so stupid. Like, why am I at the store right now? And she's going down every aisle like normal. And we had this saying in our house that if God told you to do it, you can't tell someone else to do it. So, like, if God told me to do something, I can't go to her and be like, hey, you need to do this because what she says is, well, God told you, so he wants to do it through you. Um, so today, that was one of those days. So we're walking down this aisle, and there's this lady on one of those scooters um, in the store, and she's trying to reach crackers at the top of the shelf. Now, I would like to tell you that what I did as the man of God that I am would get the crackers off the shelf, 
take the rest of her list, go get it, buy her groceries, take it to the car, load her car up, pray for her. She gets saved. She's sitting in the front row right now. Yeah, that didn't happen. So what I did was I just walked right by. You guys are all judging me. Don't, don't do that. I heard someone's like, oh, like, no, that, that, that hurts a little bit. Okay. And I was like in a bad mood. So I'm like, whatever. I walk right by. I was like, hey, Tasha, you should get those crackers for that lady. And you know what she says to me? Well, God told you to do it. I'm like, woman, like, no, not today, please. And so like, I didn't go back. I still was like, not, I'm not going to get those crackers. I'm in a bad mood. And it's not a good decision. And she says to me, like, we walk a little bit further, like, just a little bit down the aisle. And the lady says, excuse me, sir. And I'm like, unbelievable. Like, I thought I was out of this. She's like, can you help me get these crackers? I'm like, of course. So I come back, and I'm like, oh, thank you so much. God bless you. Have a great day. And I, like, walk over here. And Tasha is standing like this with the I told you so look. You know what I'm talking about? And I'm like, oh, my gosh. Like, and so I walk over, and she's like, I told you you should have just done it. And I'm like, don't. I don't want to hear it right now. I'm good. But, like, something, like, changed in me. After that, it was like, I didn't want to be there, but maybe I was there just to help that woman. Then maybe I was there, like, what seemed insignificant, like getting a box of crackers off the shelf, but, like, what seemed insignificant to me was a big deal to her. Like, it, was, it could have been life-changing for her. Who knows? I don't know. But I think this is the same emotional context of the scripture that we just read. Like David, um, he's a shepherd, okay? So what's going on is David is a young boy. He's actually been anointed as king. So he's the next king, but he's in the field taking care of a few sheep and goats, right? And so he's here chilling in the field and he has a whole bunch of brothers who are on the army and his dad comes in and he's like, hey, David, I got some Lunchables. Your brother's texting me. They're hungry. Could you run them over? And so he grabs all the Lunchables and comes over to here and he's like handing them out to his brothers. Here you go, here you go, here you go. And all of a sudden, David overhears this giant, this, this guy on the other side, the other army, right? And he is yelling. And he's like, why are you here to fight? You guys can't do this. Who do you think you are? And like something rises up in David that's like, this is why I'm here. This is my moment. Like me in that grocery store. I kind of like relate to David, you know what I'm saying? And so like, I'm like, yeah, this is my moment. Yeah. And so like, like that's what's happening. He's like in it. This is it. And what I want you to know is that maybe you didn't come for anything else, but the very thing, the very place that you seem as insignificant could be the place that God says, I want you right there so I can do something through you. You might not want to be there at that job on Monday, but God's like, hey, I have you at that job for a reason. Like you're going to change someone's life. Just go there with the right attitude. Go there thinking like, I'm not just taking Lunchables. I'm taking Lunchables on a God assignment. Like I am walking into my job on Monday with a God assignment saying, I'm going to change the people that I interact with because God is doing it through me. Right? And so this is what's going on. David's here, and he's, he's so excited to, like, fight the giant. Like, he is pumped, right? And what I love about David is he didn't hold back. He's just going at it. Like, he's going to fight this giant. He's like a little kid, and he's, like, ready to go. And um, I think some of us want to be like that. Like, some of us want that, want that, like, enthusiasm. We want that, like, passion to say, I'm going to fight this giant. I'm going to kill this thing. It's going to be amazing. But, like, we look at it, and it's so big. And we're like, what, what if I fail? Like, what if, like, I actually try to fight that fear and it doesn't work? Like, like what if I get in that fight and it, I come out the loser? And what ends up happening is we just get paralyzed in fear. Or we jump into the fight not knowing what we need to know and we lose. Like, I'm never doing that again, right? And what ends up happening in our lives is we're so unprepared. And tonight, today I want to talk to you about, I want to give you these things. I want to give you four things. Four things you need to know about facing your giant. Because I think before we get into the fight, we need to know this. We need to know a couple of things. And I'm not, I'm, I'll be honest, I'm not giving you like 
one, two, three, four steps to your breakthrough. This is going to be it. Right? I'm saying like one, two, three, four. These are things you need to know before you fight. Like don't get into the fight without knowing these things. Right? And I want to encourage you to write something down. That what you could be like, eh, it's, it's all right. I, I really do believe God wants to change your life today. That God wants to say something through me that could change your life forever if you write it down and apply it. And I really do believe that when I was preparing, God was saying this to me. This is for everyone. Because if you want to do something significant for God, you will fight giants all of your life. All of your life. I know it's like, really? All of my life? Yeah, all of your life. You will fight giants all of your life if you want to do something significant for God. And the reason being is this, because here's what's happening. In my, here's what I know, is that in our lives, if we're trying to move forward, the enemy doesn't like that. That we will always face something. And, like, that's not a bad faith statement, like, right? Second Timothy says this, around chapter 3, around verse 16, it says something like this, that if you want to be all in for God, get ready. It could be a trouble. Like, if you really want to go all in, if you really want to follow God, if you really want to be someone who says, I'm going to live the life God called me to live, there's going to be a fight. Just how it is. There's, there's going to be stuff that you got to come up against. But I really do believe this. There's good news, that God is on our side. And that God is bigger, right? So I want to encourage you today, write something down. These are four things you need to know about facing your giant. And the first one is this, is that giants are loud. Giants are loud. So what's going on in the text that we read is the Israelites are on one side of a hill, okay? And then the other side is the Philistine army, and they're on another side of this hill. And in between the two hills is this valley, and there's no one in the valley, right? So good guys, bad guys, David, Goliath, valley. And the Bible tells us this. The Bible tells us that Goliath stood out in front of his army and yelled across the valley. And David heard him. And I think that is such an important detail for us to know. Because in our lives, what happens is we come to church on Sunday and we hear about like faith and we hear about living a victorious life and who God created us to be. And that's amazing that we need to hear that. Those things are 100% true. But then we get into Monday, and our Monday doesn't look like Sunday. Like we hear about this, but then we get into Monday, and our car breaks down, and we get cheated on, and we're like, oh, gosh, what's happening? My faith isn't working. Like, what's wrong with me? Like, why isn't this working? What, what's happening to me? And what I want you to know is that if you're hearing the giant yell, it is not a sign that you're doing something wrong, but it's actually a sign that you're heading in the right direction. That if you're here and you're waking up on Monday and you're feeling like something is just here, here, fear, anxiety, depression, just, oh man, it's just pouring on me. Maybe it's a sign that the enemy's like, you're getting close to a breakthrough. You're getting close to where God has you. You're getting close. I gotta, I gotta stop you. I gotta slow you down. Maybe, just maybe, that giant being loud is a sign that, like, I need to keep going. Like, I don't wanna stop. I wanna keep moving. I wanna keep walking. I wanna keep heading to where God called me to go. And this is what's happening in David. Like, David's here, and he is, he's here, and he's literally hearing Goliath yell across the valley. Like, he is hearing Goliath and yelling at David. And what I want you to write, I want you to write this down is that the enemy will not waste giants on people who are not taking territory for God. That the enemy will not waste giants on people who are not taking territory for God. That, that if you're doing something significant and there's a giant, it's probably a sign of like, hey, I'm, I'm actually going where God wanted me to go. Like if the Israelites would have been in the middle of nowhere, doing nothing, trying to move forward and accomplish nothing, there would have been no resistance. 
but because they were heading in the right direction, heading in the direction that God called them to go, there was resistance. There was some little bit of a pushback, right? And what I want you to know is that just because you're seeing the pushback, it is not time to quit. It is time to dig your heels in and say, I will fight. I will keep moving. I will keep walking. I don't care how loud the giant is. I don't care how long you've been yelling. Goliath had been yelling at them for 40 days. 40 days, right? And like, we're like four minutes, like, oh gosh, right? 40 days Goliath had been yelling. Like, it is our time as a church, it's our time as Christ followers to look at a giant and say, God called me there and you're in my way. So you're either gonna move or I'm gonna kill you because I'm going forward. I'm going to where God called me to go. I'm gonna be who God called me to be. I'm gonna walk in what God called me to walk in. And if you're in my way, you either move or you're gonna die. Like that, that is our, that is a life of faith. That is exciting. Yeah, there might be giants, but God called you there, so he's gonna see you through it. If he, if he told you to go, he will see you through it. I promise you, he really will. And so here's what's happening. David is, is feeling this, right? He's like, oh, okay. He's like ready to go. He hears Goliath and he's got all this excitement. All the, He's like pumped up to fight. So he's, he starts talking. He starts telling everybody, he's like, hey, listen, that giant, I'm gonna kill him. I'm gonna, I'm gonna go fight him right now. And everyone's hearing David, this little boy, talk about feeding a giant that stands over nine feet tall, right? And so, like, they're over here, and they're like, hey, I'm going to go fight that giant. And so King Saul, which is the king of the Israelites, he hears about this, and he calls David in, right? He calls David in, and he says, hey, David, like, we, we need to talk about this, man. Like, I know that, like, you, you want to fight it, but, like, you're a kid. And check this out. This is uh, verse uh, 32. They're going to put it on the screen. It says this. So this is uh, King. This is David talking to the king. Hey, don't worry about that giant. I'll fight him, right? And then look at King Saul's reply. Don't be ridiculous. There's no way you can fight this giant and possibly win. You're only a boy. He's been doing this for a long time. I'm gonna pause right here and give you something totally free, right? If you have people in your life who tell you you can't fight and you can't win, and there's no way you could ever do this. You need to get new friends. You need to get people who are in your life that look at you and say, hey, this is going to be tough. But guess what? I'm with you. I'm fighting with you. You're going to do this. You're going to accomplish this. Don't you dare quit. Don't you dare give up. We're going to do this together. Yeah, that giant might be, might, might be tall and he might be loud. But guess what? Us together are stronger. Let's go. We're in this together, right? So if you have people like King Saul, it's a good sign you need to get new people, right? So David replies back and he says, next verse. Okay, I have been taking care of my father's sheep and goats. AKA, hey, I've been preparing. I, I got this. I'm ready to go. When a lion or a bear comes to steal a lamb from the flock, I go after it with a club and I rescue it from its mouth. If the animal turns on me, no big deal. I just pick it by the jaw and beat it to death. Okay, David, awesome. Good for you. I have done this to both lions and bears and I'll do it to this giant too, right? For he has defied the armies of the living God. And you know what I think is crazy is David's just ready because David understood giants are loud, but we got to prepare to fight. I said giants are loud, but if we want to get in this fight, we have to prepare to fight. That's the second thing I want you to write down is prepare to fight. You see, a lot of us in our lives, we want to see giants fall. Like we want to see fear, anxiety, or addiction. We want to see those things out of our lives. Right, like we, we want to walk in the life God called us to walk in. And we'll, we'll clap about it and we'll worship about it and we'll be excited about it. But then like when it comes time to actually like put in the work to prepare to fight, eh, I don't really feel like it. It's hard work. Like, I mean, like, isn't it just enough to just know that Jesus doesn't want fear? I don't have to know any scripture to quote. 
I don't have to know what I got to fight with. Like, that's not that big of a deal. But so many of us are in a fight and we're not prepared. Like, imagine if David would have left the field early. See, David was in the field as a shepherd and learning, right? There are things God can only teach you in the field. There are things God can only teach you in that place. And David could have left and not been prepared, right? And I want to ask you this question that if you were face-to-face with your giant right now, would you be prepared to fight? Like, would you be ready? Like, if your giant was a person and they're standing in front of you ready to go, would you be prepared? I think a lot of us would want to say yes. Like, I would want to say yes. I'd be like, I got this. Raccoons, absolutely nothing. Like, okay, I got this one. But like, in me, like deep down, like, am I really ready to fight? Like, am I really ready for this? And I want to give you three things that help you be prepared to fight. Because it's one thing for me to just say, like, hey, get prepared to fight. Have fun. Happy Father's Day. Like, no, no, I want to, like, tell you this is how you can prepare to fight. Like, this is how you can get prepared. And they're really simple, but I think they're life-changing. And the first one is this. you got to stay in the word. Like, if you want to prepare to fight, you got to stay in the word. Right? The Bible says that the, the word of God is, the, is a sword. That's what it says. It says it calls it a sword of the spirit is the word of God. And what I want you to know is that we cannot be Christians who walk into a fight and not know our weapon. We cannot be Christians who say, I'm going to fight this giant, but have no idea what the Bible says. We got to be people who read the Bible. <clears throat> and I get it. Like in our lives, sometimes it's difficult. It's like we read the Bible. like I don't know what it means. I don't understand. I would encourage you get a translation that you can, you can understand. Right? Like find a translation that you can understand. There is nothing wrong with saying, I don't really understand this translation. I'm going to get a new one. There's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing wrong with saying, what can I do? Get the YouVersion Bible app. It's free. Every translation is on there. Free, completely free, right? I want to encourage you, get that app. Find a translation that you like. If you don't know where to start, the message is good. The new living is good. They just released a brand new version of the Bible called the Passion Translation. Get that. Like, find a, just find a translation that you like. Find a translation that you want to read because the best one is the one you actually read. That, that, that's it. The best translation is the one you actually read. Right? And so I want to encourage you, know what the Word of God says. So you got to stay in the Word, but you got to stay in church. That's another way we prepare. Right? we got to prepare by being in church because coming on a Sunday is so much more than coming, sitting down, checking my God box for the week and being like, okay. It's so much more than that. It's, it's letting God speak to you through someone. It's letting God say, hey, listen, hey, Steve, I know you've been praying about this. I know you've been asking God for this, but guess what? I'm going to show it through someone else. Like, that's what it's for. It's like, okay, I'm building my faith. I'm building my faith. I'm being prepared to fight. I'm being prepared to fight. Or what about this? Sunday's also a time to find someone to fight with. Right, like finding someone and saying like, hey, I'm gonna lock arms with them. I'm gonna fight with them. If they're in a fight, I'm gonna fight. If I'm in a fight, they're in a fight. We're doing this together because we are better together. That is what Sunday morning is for. You gotta be in the word. You gotta be in church. And this is the one that gets most people. You gotta stay in your season. You gotta stay, stay in your season, right? You gotta stay in the word, stay in church and stay in your season. Imagine if David would have left the field, right? God's trying to teach him something in the field and he gets up and he's just like, I'm king, I'm out of this and leaves. What would have happened is he would have never learned how to fight a bear or a lion, right? And then he gets into a fight that he's not prepared to fight. And what ends up happening to so many of us is that we see our season as insignificant and we're like, I just went out of this so quick. 
that the first time we're just, we're, we're gone. I want out, I want out, I want out. And we're so focused on what's next that we miss what's now. And we get into next and we're standing with a giant and we're like, God, why didn't you teach me? Why am I not prepared? And God's like, I was giving you all the answers back there, but you were too focused on up there. Like, if you just stay focused in your season right now, next will come. I promise you. God's not going to leave you hanging. It will happen. But just stay focused. Learn what you've got to learn here so that way you're prepared to go here. Like, do just say, I'm going to be diligent. I'm going to stay faithful. I'm going to do this. Because here's what I know is that sometimes the greatest step of faith is no step at all. That sometimes the greatest step of faith and trust is saying, God, I don't want to be here, but I'm going to be here. I don't like the people I work with, but I'm going to stay in this job. You call me here, and until you open the door, I'm here. I'm going to do it the right way. Sometimes that is the greatest step. It's just staying where you're at. It's just staying in that season. right? And I think what is so crazy is that David was prepared. Like he didn't get into a fight he wasn't prepared to fight. Right? So what ends up happening in, in this text is David's like, hey, I prepared for this. I know, I know I'm ready. I am ready for this. I can know I can do this. I've got this. And he is just excited to do this thing. He is excited to fight this giant. And so King Saul like lets him loose, right? He's just like, hey, go for it, bro. And I can just imagine David being like, you might want to Instagram this. Like you might want to go live on Facebook because I'm about ready to kill this giant. Like I can imagine like everyone like, okay, whatever, right? And he is just so excited to fight this giant. And then check this out. This is 1 Samuel 17, verse 46, and it says this. This is David talking. Hey, today, he's talking to Goliath. Now remember, I want to just like set, this, set the kind of scene here. David's a boy. Goliath is nine feet tall, and David is talking to Goliath. Now, if I were David, because like I like to put myself in the people's uh, shoes in the Bible. It's more fun to read that way. I'm like, if I was David, things I would not say would start with, Today, the Lord will conquer you, and I will kill you and cut off your head. Like, that's a terrible way to talk to a giant if you're like a kid with a couple of stones. Like, you know what I mean? Like, that's a terrible thing to say. But he says it. I will kill you, and I will cut off your head. And then I'm going to give the dead bodies of all of your army to the birds and the wild animals. And I'm sure Goliath's like, okay, yeah, sure you are. And the whole world's going to know that there is a God. And verse 47 says, and everyone assembled here will know that the Lord rescued his people, but not with a sword, not with a sphere, because this is the Lord's battle, and he will give you to us. And what I think David understood is that giants are loud. He understood, I got to prepare to fight. And then he understood this, that it is God's battle and my fight. That's God's battle and my fight. You see, David said this to Goliath. He said, hey, God will conquer you. I will kill you. That's two different things. Conquer and kill. That's two separate things. So I looked up the definitions and conquer means to overcome and control something, right? So they're, they're, they're overcoming something. Killing means to put an end to. And so what this is kind of the idea of is this. Has anyone ever been in a fight? You ever been in a fight before? Awesome. Me either. And so, um, so um, what it's basically saying is this, is that, you know, when someone's like, hey, you hold them, I'll hit them. It's that idea. God does the holding, we do the hitting, right? Because whatever's holding has got to be bigger than what's being held. And so God does that. But what gets us in trouble is when we want to do the conquering. Hey, I'll deal with my anxiety. I'll get it under control. Then I'll come to God. I'll, I'll deal with it. I'll conquer it, put it in this nice little box and take it to God and say, God, now could you kill this, please? Right? Or like we're single. And so like 
instead of like letting God bring someone into our lives and killing our single season, what we do is think, I gotta get out of this single season. It's a giant. And so what we do is we just find any person who will date us. Doesn't matter what they look like. Doesn't matter what they believe. They just like, oh, you're interested? Come on. And so like you start dating them and you guys are laughing like you don't know what I'm talking about, but you all know exactly who I'm talking about. So, okay, I'm joking, I'm joking. So like, you know, you find that person, you start walking, they, they come over and what ends up happening is they tried to conquer their single season and they go to God and say, hey God, can you kill my single season by blessing this marriage? And God says, hey, I didn't put you in that marriage. I didn't conquer your single season. You, you, try, you tried to. And what I, what I think gets us in so much trouble is that we try to do the conquering instead of doing the killing. Listen, God conquered the giant 2,000 years ago when Jesus died on the cross. He doesn't have to do any more. He did all the conquering he needs to do. And what ends up happening is when we say, I'll do the conquering, we're basically saying this to God. Hey, the cross was great. It was enough to save me, but not enough to sustain me. I'll do it myself. I'll figure it out, God. I'll, I'll conquer this one. Like this one, was, this one was probably a little bit too big for you, right? And so what I, what, what, that's what gets us in trouble is that we try to do all the conquering, try to control it ourselves instead of giving it to God, letting him do the holding and us do the killing. Or we swing the total opposite direction and we get over here and we're like, I'm gonna sit back and receive a life where all the giants are dead. I'm not gonna do anything. I'm just gonna sit here and God can kill the giants. I'm sorry, but that's lazy Christianity. That, that right there is God says there is faith and works. They go together, right? They go together. It's not just faith. It's not just works. They go together. That you have to do something. You got to pick up the sword. God's done the hard work, but you got to do something, right? And, you know, David did something. He threw a stone at Goliath. And yeah, a stone and a giant seems like it doesn't make sense. And sometimes your step of obedience and your step of faith won't seem like that big of a deal, but little is much when God is in it. And what I want you to know is that if you take a small step of obedience, God will bless it in a big way. But you just gotta keep going and you gotta be faithful where you're at and just say, I'm going to do this. God, you do the, you do the conquering, I'll do the killing. I'll, that, that will be my job. And I get it, this can be confusing, right? Because like, Conqueror, killing, why do I have to do something? Like, I get it. But Louis does an amazing job in this book of explaining this, right? So he says it this way, that your giants and my giants, they're dead, but still deadly. That they're dead, but they're still deadly. And he talks about this, uh, this story where he was at a camp and there was a whole bunch of poisonous snakes around. Great place to have a camp. And so um, he's there and him and all the guys' job were to go out at night and kill the poisonous snakes so that way when someone went to the bathroom, they didn't come back, you know, dead. And so, like, that was his job. Now, I'm not going to tell you about how he did it. You need to read that because it's great. But let me just say it involves a baseball bat. And so, like, he goes out. They go out into the middle of the night looking for snakes that could possibly kill them. And they use a baseball bat, and they kill these snakes. And then they do this crazy thing. They pop the heads off the snakes, and they bury the head of the snake into the ground. Now, when I first read it, I was like, is that something, like, that men are supposed to do? Is that like make me manly to like pop a head off a snake and like bury it, you know? But there was a point behind it. Like there was a point behind it. The reason they buried the head was because a venomous snake is like a spring-loaded animal. There's enough venom in its fangs that if you were to step on it, even though it's dead, it could still bite and still kill you. Like you could still die from a dead snake because uh, the, the spring-loaded venom in its fangs, right? But this is the idea of our giants in our lives, that they're dead, God conquered fear, but fear still is talking. 
that can still be deadly if you give it a voice. It can still do something to you if you let it. Right? If you keep stepping on it, it's going to keep going. And so that's the idea of this. And what I know is that the only way to, to defeat a giant is to face it. That's it. That's the only way you can defeat a giant is if you go after it. Because the only way to win a fight is to get into one. You can't win a fight if you're not in one. You can't say, I'm more than a conqueror if you've never conquered anything. Right? You've got to do something. And God's like, hey, I've got, the, I've got the hard part. Like All you got to do is just walk it out in faith. Just take that small step. And you will become what you're speaking out. But if you just speak it but never do something about it, there's a problem, right? And what I love about this book, Louis makes it so simple. And he has this amazing quote from the book. He says this, Jesus didn't come to earth to die on a cross and be resurrected from the grave so we could settle for a reduced amount of God's best. Man, Jesus didn't come, die in our place so that we, he could save us, right? So that we could sit back in our lives and be like, I'm gonna have an okay life. No, Jesus came and died and resurrected from the grave so that we could walk as more than conquerors, that we could walk in the life that he called us to be, that we can be who he says we can be, that we can do what he says we can do. But what happens in our lives if we don't face the giant, we're actually settling for less. We're like, eh, I'm just gonna sit back here and whatever happens, happens, right? But it's our fight. We gotta do something about this. And like, this is the stage where it goes from more than preparing it's putting to action what you prepared, right? And so you prepared all this stuff, you prepare all this stuff, like you get word into you, you get someone speaking into your life, you get all this stuff in you as, prepare, as preparation, then this is the place where you say, all right, here I go, and I'm gonna put it into action. I'm not just gonna hear the word, I'm gonna do the word, right? I'm gonna do what God said. And that's what David did. Like he was prepared to fight and he gets out there and David knew, like all I need to take is a, is a little stone. Take this, I'm good. I'm good. Why? Because God's holding him. He's not going anywhere. I got this. I just got to take a little step of obedience and I've got this. So he comes out with so much confidence, right? And I, I can imagine like David, like the Bible says that David runs towards Goliath. I imagine Goliath like, <laughs> whatever. And he runs out and the Bible says he takes a stone and throws it with a slingshot. It hits um, Goliath in the face. Goliath falls down face first and David runs over to him, right? And I can imagine David gets over there. He's like, I don't have a sword to kill him. Like, I knocked him out, but like, I gotta kill him, right? And he like is such a boss that he literally just takes Goliath's own sword and cuts off his head, right? Like, happy Father's Day, right? And so like, <laughs> that was the quote of the day. You guys should tweet that one. So, um, right, and so he like cuts this giant's head off with his own sword. And like, a lot of us think like, this is the end of the story. Like, this is it. Like, David fought Goliath, Goliath died, David becomes king. For us, we think, I have a giant, I face a giant, I kill the giant, I move on. And we think that's how our life should be. That should just end that way. And what I want you to know, there is more to the story. There's one more thing I think we need to know before we face our giants. We gotta know that giants are loud. We, gotta, we have to be able to say, I'm prepared to fight, right? And we gotta say that this, is, this might be God's battle, but it's also my fight. And the last thing I think we need to know is this, we have to take it with us. We gotta take it with us. See, time passes, and basically, just for the sake of time, I'll explain it. King Saul, the king of Israel, goes crazy and wants to kill David. All right, so now David is on the run for his life, like literally literally on the run for his life. And he gets to this, this priest, and he's having this conversation with this priest. And he's like, hey, um, by chance, um, do you have a sword? Because like, if you're running for your life, you probably need something to fight with. 
right? And so he's like, hey, um, do you have anything at all? And check this out. This is First uh, Samuel 21, verse 9, right? So this is the priest talking to David, and he says, hey, the only sword I have is Goliath's. You know, that guy that you killed, you remember him, like that giant? It's wrapped in the cloth behind the ephod. Just take it if you want it, because there's, there's nothing else here. And I love David's reply. Like, I love it. It's what it says. It says, there is nothing like it. There's nothing like it. I, I want that sword. There's nothing like that sword. And what I love about that is it becomes this confidence that builds up in David because it's so much more than a sword. It is a reminder of how faithful God is. It is a reminder that the, the same God who was with me against the bear and the same God who was with me against the lion and the same God who killed Goliath, or who killed Goliath is the same God who will be in this fight with me too. That I can just keep walking. I can keep moving. That yeah, this giant might seem big, but I have the sword as a reminder that says, hey, listen, God was with me then. He'll be with me now. He won't give up. He won't quit. I just have to keep going. I just have to keep walking. And I think in our lives, we get to a place where we defeat one giant and we get into the battle with another one and we get distracted by that thought and we start looking at the giant and we just forget everything that happened. Like I'm guilty of this. Like I forget how good God was because all I see is the, what's in front of me, right? Like, like you forget that like God did something in your life and, and he really sets you free from anxiety. Like you forget like, oh man, I don't have to, I don't struggle with fear. I don't struggle with anxiety like I used to. Like God, God set me free from this. But then you get into the next battle and you're like, all I can see is that my kids are going crazy, that they're leaving the church, that they're 18, they're done. Like, I don't understand. Like, what, how am I supposed to do this as a parent? And that's all you see. You just see that giant and God's like, hey, go pick up the sword from that battle and come into this one. Because what I love is that the very thing that was meant to kill David, right? The very thing that was meant to destroy David was the same thing he picked up and took into his next season to be king. The thing that was meant to kill him became the thing that he used to fight with. And what I want you to know is that the last giant that you faced, man, God brought you through it, pick it up and keep going because God's got something bigger in store for you. That that same God who, who helped you defeat that giant will help you defeat the next. He will keep going. He will be faithful. He will do it again. He will do it again. He will do it again. Just keep going. Don't stop. Don't give up. Pick up your sword. And like, I get it. Sometimes it's like, but Pastor Devin, I don't have any significant swords. Like, I don't have any, like, amazing fights that I've won. I don't have anything. Are you saved? That's a sword. Pick it up. Pick it up. Like, it doesn't have to be this massive story. Anything that you've walked through, you can say, God, you were faithful then, and you'll be faithful now. Pick up the sword. Because I promise you this, you will get into that fight. And what will end up happening is you'll take that sword and you'll get into a fight. And someone will be like, man, I'm just really struggling I'm struggling with this depression. Like I'm really, I'm just struggling. And you know what you can say? Hey, to see this sword, I fought depression. God held him, I killed him. God brought me through it and he'll do it for you too. He'll bring you out too. I'm with you. Come on, we're gonna fight this together. Come on, don't you dare quit. Don't you dare give in. We're gonna do this together. Pick up your sword. I got this. Look, look how God was faithful for me. He'll be faithful for you too. That is what it's all about. It's taking this journey with Jesus and bringing as many people along as possible and saying, okay, come on, we got this. Pick up your sword. God was faithful. He'll be faithful again. Let's keep taking territory. Let's keep fighting giants. Let's keep going. Let's not quit. Like, let's be the biggest influence for Jesus that we could ever be. 
but you gotta pick up your sword. You gotta take it with you. And I promise you, I promise you, you will get to a place one day in your life where you will look back and be like, God was so faithful. Look, look, look what he's brought me through. Look what he's walked me through. Look what he helped me fight. Look, look how good God is. And you will have a sword in your hand and you will be able to say what David said. There is nothing like it. There's nothing like being able to fight with the thing that was meant to destroy you, but then using it against the own enemy who was trying to kill you. There's nothing like it. There's nothing like taking the thing that was supposed to take you out and taking him out with it. There's nothing like that. And I wanna encourage you, you can do it. Just don't quit. Just keep walking. Find someone to fight with. Find someone. There's, this room is full of people who say, I'll fight with you. I'm here with you. Don't, don't you dare give up. I got this. We're gonna fight together. Look, look what God did for me. He'll do it for you too. I promise you, he really will. And I want you to be able to say one day, man, there is nothing like it. Can we all stand? I wanna pray for you guys. God, thank you.